Welcome to Science is Fun E. I'm your host, Private, a.k.a. Avery Adams. I'm 10 years old and currently in the fifth grade. Joining me today is Skipper, a.k.a. Crankcharingy, who is going bald and forgets things. Not funny, Private. Kind of funny, Skip. Before we start the show, we want to correct an error in the last episode. I said that when a water molecule breaks, you get oxygen and carbon dioxide, when I should have said you get oxygen and hydrogen. We're sorry for that mix-up. It's Gibber's fault. Hey, you said it. You wrote it. Okay, okay, you're right. I take responsibility for that error. It's my fault. I'm sorry. On with the show. At the end of the story, the little girl said, and then I shall eat that dinosaur in a single bite. And she did. The end. What? Are you kidding? That's the end of your story? A little kid eats an entire dinosaur in a single bite? You expect people to believe that? Of course. I do it for breakfast a couple times a week. What's the problem? Do not. No one can. First, dinosaurs are extinct. Wait, are you talking about a bird? They are dinosaurs, that's true. But still, no one can eat an entire bird in a single bite unless it's a hummingbird. Nope. It's a chicken, actually. How could you eat an entire chicken in a single bite? Well, I just take a hard-boiled egg and pop it into my mouth. See? An entire chicken in one bite. First, your eating habits are gross. And second, that's not an entire chicken. That's just an egg. Okay, wise guy. So once hen lays an egg, is there anything else that goes into that egg? No, she just sits on it for a few weeks and out pops a chick eventually. If nothing else goes in the egg, then the chick must already have been in the egg all along. And since the chick is a chicken, I win. So there. But if you crack an egg open, the only thing that's in there is a yellow yolk and some clear stuff, not a chick. So where does the chick come from? Is it magic? Nope. No such thing as magic. This is even better. You see, another thing that's in that egg are some tiny threads of DNA. They're too small to see. But in those threads of DNA are the instructions for making a chicken out of the stuff that's already in the egg. One day at Girl Scouts, I followed some instructions and built a model jet plane. Is it like that? Well, that model jet plane is really great. You gave it to me, and I have it on the shell in my living room. Following instructions in the DNA is a little bit different. Who follows the DNA's plans to make a chicken? Well, it's more like what follows the instructions. You know that an egg is a cell, right? I thought cells were really tiny. Most are, but eggs are the biggest cells, and inside the cell are tiny structures that act like the machines in a factory. It's those cell machines that follow the instructions. What's a cell machine? You've seen robots in car factories building cars. Yeah, you showed me one a while ago. Each robot has a job, either to make a part or to place a part of the car at the right spot at the right time. They start with the frame of the car and build the car up piece by piece until it's finished. The robots and the other machines follow a set of instructions written in computer code to do their job. What does that have to do with a chicken egg? (laughs) The chick is built up piece by piece kind of the same way, only instead of metal parts placed by robots, the parts are the chicken parts, and they are placed at the right spot at the right time by cells machinery following their code. Cool. What are the cells machinery? Well, you know that all living things are made from proteins. Yeah, and I know that proteins are made from amino acids. Wow, that's right. And what a protein does depends on a protein's shape. The saying goes, shape determines function. What makes a protein one shape or another? 
Well, it's the kinds of amino acids that are used to make the proteins. How many kinds are there? There are quite a few, but only about 20 are used to make the proteins that make living things. 20? But you said there are millions and millions of different kinds of living things. How can all those different kinds just come from 20 different amino acids? That makes no sense! <laughs> it's the same way that millions of different words can come from just 26 different letters. It all depends on the type of letter and where the letters are in the word. So, how does the cell know where to put an amino acid to create the protein it wants? Believe it or not, there's a secret three-letter code that's in the DNA. The code tells the cell's machinery that an amino acid goes in a certain spot when it's making that protein. Really, Skip? A secret code? And you expect me to believe that? Because I don't. <laughs> it's not really a secret code, but there is a code, and it is made up of three letters. Every amino acid has its very own code, and there's even a code to start making the protein and stop making the protein. Really? What's the code to start making a protein? A-T-G. What is the code for stop? T-A-G. Where are these codes exactly? They're in the DNA. In fact, you might say that all the DNA really is are those strings of three-letter codes. So let me see if I have this straight. All living things, including us, are made from proteins. Proteins are made from amino acids. Amino acids are like the letters in a word. The kind of amino acid and where it is in the protein determines the shape of the protein. And the shape of the protein determines what the protein does for the living thing. <laughs> right. Wow. You're good at this stuff. So can you tell me how DNA fits into all of that? The DNA in a living thing is made up of strings, three letters, that tells the cell's machinery what amino acid goes where to make all the proteins that the living thing is made of. And when all the proteins are made and placed in the right spot at the right time, the living thing is done and is born or sprouts or hatches like the egg I ate. I just never gave the DNA in the egg enough time to assemble all the proteins needed to make that chick. You're still gross. It's all in how you look at it, Private. So, Skip, last episode you said that cars do most of the stuff living things do, but they're not alive. How come they're not alive if they do all the stuff living things do? Wow, good question. Right now, the only thing that all living things have that cars and other non-living things don't is DNA or RNA controlling how they look and act and their evolution. It's the only difference between some stuff that's alive and some stuff that isn't. Here on Earth, that is. What about computers? I've heard about artificial intelligence. Could they become alive someday? No, well, I hope not. Why? Wouldn't that be cool? Yes, but then you wouldn't be able to tell it what to do. Why not? Because it's alive. You'd have to ask it to do what you wanted, not tell it. That makes sense. And what if it just didn't feel like doing what you asked? Well, you could always just tell it you were going to turn it off if it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but private, if it was alive, that would be like killing it and murdering an intelligent living thing. And another thing, what if you asked it something and it decided to give you the wrong answer just to be funny? You couldn't rely on it if it was alive and aware. And another thing, if it's alive, then just like other living things you bring into the world... You mean like children? Yep. When you get sick, your parents bring you to the doctors and pay them to make you well. When a living computer developed problems, the person who created it would have to pay a computer technician to make it well. And just like children, the computer has to be fed every day and may not want to do what their parents want them to do. Wait, what does a computer eat? And I do what my parents want. 
most of the time. <laughs> Children and all living things need energy to stay alive. Children get their energy from the food your parents pay for. Computers get their energy from the electricity that the creators of it would have to pay for. And yes, you do what your parents want. But what if your parents decided they wanted you to grow up to be a math teacher instead of being a writer like you want? <sighs> I get it, but my parents wouldn't do that. They want me to be happy and be who I wanted to be. Yes, your parents want you to be happy. And eventually you will grow up and become an adult and get a job and move out of their house and live on your own as a mature adult, making her own decisions and living her own life. So what's the problem? So the problem is the computer can't move out. It cannot grow up to be an independent person making its own decisions. Anyway, that's not what computers are made for. They are tools. They're created to do tasks we want them to do, not what they may want to do. What would be the point of having a tool that may not do what you wanted it to do? It would be like having an expensive car that only went where it wanted, not where you wanted I get it. You might get into the car and say, hey, I'm dying, quick, take me to the hospital. But instead it took you to the recycling center and then laughed. <laughs> I still think it would be cool. That's really funny, Private. Dying, recycling center, I get it. And yeah, after all that, I think it would be pretty cool too. I agree with you. Wow. That's our podcast for this week. Come back next time for another episode of Science is Funny. Oh, and don't forget to visit our website, www.sciencesfune.com, or listen on iTunes, Google Podcast, Podbean, or just search for Science is Funny in the podcast section of your favorite podcast app. To suggest possible topics for upcoming episodes, email topics at sciencesfunny.com. And remember, you could win a Science is Fun E t-shirt if you send in a suggestion and we use it in an episode. You can email me at private at sciencesfune.com or skipper at sciencesfune.com. I'm private, a.k.a. Avery Adams, hoping you have a great week. TTYL. <laughs>